Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. Today's episode is called Don't Give Up. <laughs> I was reading um, through my morning devotion today. I was in the Bible, um, in the book of Psalms. And as I was reading, I was just reminding it how important it is for us to have encouragement during those seasons that we are struggling. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is. So today, I'm going to give you three ways to cope during your seasons of struggle, and I'm pretty much going to use scripture. I do have one song lyric that I'm going to use, but for the most part, we're going to just rely on scripture. Because as you know, um, when you're going through those seasons of struggle, struggle, really what you need is the word. The word is going to be that anchor that's going to keep you afloat when the wind and the waves are rocking the boat. Um, the word is what's really going to hold us steady during those times. So we're going to really focus on the word today. And again, like I said, um, this really came about when I was reading my Bible this morning. And uh, I was in the book of Psalms and Psalm 12 verse 1 says this, Help, Lord, for no one is faithful anymore. Those who are loyal have vanished from the human race. Um. I don't know if you've ever felt like your friends have deserted you or they're not there at a good time or um, you feel like nobody cares. And that's where the psalmist was feeling um, when he wrote these words. Psalm 13 verses um, 1 through 2 says, How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? As I was reading this, um, I was brought right back to some of the struggles that I've had during different seasons of my life. And um, I was thinking about the things that helped me. And the first thing that I thought of that can help us cope is to find someone to talk to. Psalm 32, verses 3 to 4 say, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. It is so hard to carry something by yourself. (laughs) And what I have found is it's really a tool of the devil um, to keep us thinking that no one's going to be able to relate to our struggles No one's going to be there for us if they hear what we're going through, or even nobody has gone through what we've gone through. And as long as he can keep us silent, and as long as he can keep us wasting away on our bed, uh, like the psalmist was saying, then he's got us. Then we're completely useless. Um, But the book of James um, 
reminds us that we're supposed to confess our sins to one another so we can be healed. And so often that's exactly what it takes. Now, let me just distinguish. I am not talking about broadcasting your sin or your struggles on Facebook. Um, And that's, again, um, you know, you can put things in Facebook like I'm really struggling today, could use your prayers, or if there's a medical emergency or something like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you put on Facebook, my my husband is such a jerk, or um, boy, my teen really has a devil in them tonight, or something like that. That's not helpful. That's not helpful for the situation at all, because all you're going to do is embarrass the other party, and um, that that doesn't help anything. But it's a totally different thing to find a good, solid, trusted Christian friend who you can talk to about your issues. And what are they going to do? First of all, they're probably going to remind you that you are not in the situation alone. As bad as you think it is, there's a good chance that when you tell them what you're going through, they're going to say, oh man, I know what you're talking about. Or we've been there. Or, yep, my kid has struggled with that too. The second thing is they're going to pray for you, encourage you. They're going to maybe convict you or hold you accountable if you're not um, handling it in a good way. And um, they're hopefully, if they're a good Christian friend, they're going to be with you for the long haul. They're not going to say, well, that's really a bummer. Too bad. See you next year. Hope it's all better. No, they're going to be walking with you and and seeing how you're doing today and has anything changed and is there some other way that I can pray for you what's going on now so the beauty of walking through your struggles with a Christian friend is that you will not walk alone and you also won't be going before the throne of God alone and I know there have been times that I have just felt like as soon as I open up my heart and I tell somebody else what's going on that seems to be the breakthrough. That seems to be when things change. And I don't know if it is the result of their prayers or if it's actually me humbling myself enough to say, hey, guys, I need help. I, I don't know what God is looking for or what the switch is, but I've just noticed many, many times when I finally ask for prayer, that's when things start to change. So number one, find somebody to talk to. Number two, remember God's faithfulness. In the Old Testament, God seems to take um, make a, an effort to make sure that the people remember that he's the God who brought them out of Egypt. Now, why do you think that is? I think it's because he's expecting them to realize, if I brought you out of Egypt, and if I parted the Red Sea, and if I made Pharaoh's army drown, don't you think I'm going to continue to take care of you? There's this wonderful account in the book of 1 Samuel. The Philistines have come against Israel, and God delivers the Israelites in this beautiful, miraculous way. And afterwards, we're told, Then Samuel took a stone. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. I bet if we walk by that stone, every time we walk by it, we'd be going, Oh, right. Look at how God delivered us. God delivered us from the Philistines. What can't he deliver us from now? How is he going to abandon us now after all that we've been through? He's not going to. Certainly, if he was faithful back then, he's still going to be faithful 
now. There's um, a beautiful passage in Psalm 56 that says, Record my misery. List my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? God knows what we're going through. He sees every tear. He sees the hurt. Nothing's escaped him. You aren't out of his sight. If he's been faithful in the past, which he has been, he's certainly going to be faithful again. And that brings us to one of the song song lyrics that I wanted to bring up. There was a time in my life that I was going through something, and I came across this song. It's called Do It Again by Elevation Worship. And I have heard the criticism that um, people have said that, you know, some contemporary Christian music is just full of repetitive nonsense, and it's these um, repetitious choruses that don't mean anything. And to that, I would say, maybe you haven't been in the depths and needed to be reminded again of a truth that needs to be drilled into your head over and over and over again. Because that's what this song did for me during one of my really tough seasons. It just kept telling me again the same things. Now, these are the lyrics. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. That that chorus that was um, repeated over and over um, was such a comfort to me that God is there. And he's the same God who has helped me through all the issues in the past. And they were big issues. I mean, there were times that it was really touch and go. And God was there. And if he was there then, he's still here now. I love to give people things that remind them of God's faithfulness when they're going through a really hard time. And I'd love to... think that I was original enough to come up with that on my own, but that's not the case. The case is that when I was pregnant with my fourth, I had walking pneumonia and I went four months with it being undiagnosed because they couldn't find it. They thought maybe it was acid reflux or allergies or bronchitis and they just couldn't figure out what it was. And so finally, um, after four months when I was getting sicker and sicker and sicker and weaker, um, I was I was given treatment for walking pneumonia, and the first treatment didn't even work, which they said, this is unusual. This should take care of everything. It didn't. So I had to be treated again. And um, by that time, I was about two months from delivering my baby. And I remember talking to a really, really good friend of mine, and I was saying, you know, I can barely walk. How am I going to deliver this baby? And so about two days later in the mail, a necklace came, and on one side there was a cross, and on the other side was the word believe. And I wore that constantly. I even wore it when I went to the hospital and went into labor um, to just remind myself that God's here. He sees it. And I can trust his faithfulness because he is not going to let me go. Um, So I love to give people bracelets or necklaces um, or something that reminds them that they can have a tangible thing to remind them that God's here and he's faithful 
and we can remember that and lean on that and remind him of his promises. Like he's never going to leave us and he will work all things out for our good. And, um, you know, those have to give us an enormous amount of comfort to know that he's in the situation. And we also need to remember, too, his power. You know, he can do the impossible. Nothing's impossible with God. So we go to him with faith, remembering how faithful he's been in the past and let him work the situation out. So number two, remember God's faithfulness. And number three, know that there is a purpose for the pain. That gave me a great deal of, oh, let's just say patience in the suffering when I realized God does not make us suffer for nothing. Like he doesn't just um, sit in heaven laughing like, oh, these poor miserable people, let's just make them a little more miserable. There's always a purpose and a plan. Um, Even in the book of Job, when Satan comes and appears before God and God says, hey, where have you been? And he said, I've been roaming around the world. And um, God says, well, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan says, well, come on, that's a no-brainer. You give him everything. Look at all your blessings. Of course he follows you. So God said, okay, well, let's see. And Satan took a lot of Job's possessions, and even worse, I think, is um, all of Job's children. And Job was still worshiping and still trusting. And so Satan reappeared before God and he said, well, skin for skin, look, his skin is still intact. That's why. And so Job said, or God said, you know, okay, fine. You know, you can um, inflict him, but don't take his life. And so you see that everything was going through the filter of God's hands. God wasn't um, totally taken aback as if Satan had all this power to do whatever he wanted. No, it was going through the filter of God first. You know, there's another uh, Psalm 10 actually begins with these words. Why are you so distant, Lord? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? And I wrote next to that, maybe to test us and see how we do. We're told that God left Hezekiah for a time to see and test his heart. I think the way that we respond to suffering, to turmoil, to persecution, really shows God what's in our heart in a way that he doesn't always get to see every other time because we don't always have a reason. You know, I I always say it's easy to trust when it's easy to trust. So when everything's going really well, it's easy to trust. Yeah, I totally trust God. Do you still feel that way in the middle of the night when things are really a struggle? When you have the child with the 104 fever or you have the teenager who hasn't come home and isn't answering their phone or you've had a terrible argument with your spouse and you're in different rooms and crying yourself to sleep, do you still think that God is worthy of your praise? And do you still think God is faithful then? So I think that when we realize that um, sometimes the purpose is to test us, but not always, sometimes the purpose is for us to be an example to the unbelieving and the believing world. I mean, look at um, when you read through Paul's sufferings, the Apostle Paul, you, 
you can't help but be encouraged by the way he responds to suffering. I teach um, Bible history to the fifth and sixth graders at my church, and we go through a lot of the book of Acts in our second year. And I'm always so astounded, you know, when I get to the part where Paul is in um, jail in in uh, Philippi, and he's singing songs in the middle of the night, hymns of praise and worshiping, and all the other prisoners are listening to him. Think of that. He's in prison, and as you go on and read the whole account, you find out he's not even, he's a Roman citizen. He shouldn't have even been treated that way. He was just like beaten and put into jail without, you know, a trial, and it was totally illegal. So he was completely mistreated. It wasn't right. And what's he, what's he doing? He's singing hymns in the middle of the night. What an example to me of praising God in the middle of the suffering. Um, we all can be that example. So sometimes we're being tested. Sometimes God is allowing us to be the example to the believing and unbelieving world. And sometimes it's for our own refinement. Um, God is just stripping away all the pride, all the unbelief, all the other um, things that are just really more harmful than good in our situation. He's refining us and making us into stronger believers and stronger Christians so we can do the tasks that he has for us to do. So, you know, I think when we remember that there's a purpose for the pain and that it's not useless, then it is so much easier to get through it. So hopefully if you're in a situation right now, um, whether it's persecution, grief, pain, um, again, a marital problem, or, or dealing with children that are in a really hard season, I hope you remember these three things. Talk to somebody. Remember that God has been faithful. And remember that there is a purpose for your pain. This has been little things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. I just want to remind you, if you are in need of prayer, please contact Time of Grace. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, please share it with them. And don't forget that we are listener-supported, and we would definitely appreciate your donations so that we can share this message and others like it with many more people. 